We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dorch. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. I am your host, Jacob Niffin. And today I am joined, not by one of my typical co-hosts, but the founder, the creator of BoomtownHoops.com. A man who is a fan of words and Dion Waiters, Weston Shepard. Weston, how's it going, man? It's going pretty well. And look, I can become a regular uh, host if you want to get rid of one of the other guys. Hey, Taylor bailed on us tonight anyways to get yelled at by his wife. So let's just kick Taylor off. Shout out to his wife. Yeah, his uh, when she gets mad, she gets mad, man. I don't know if she listens to this podcast, but if you do, Summer, uh, we love you and stay on Taylor's head. So uh, we are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And, of course, we are the official podcast of BoomtownHoops.com where you should be going to get all of your Thunder-related news and opinion pieces, and of course, joining the Discord channel. That place has been hopping since the NBA has come back, Weston, and uh, it's been a blast. Yeah, we're having fun in there, right? I think there's like 150 or so people hanging out, and uh, you know, when uh, Dre came in and hit that three in the first scrimmage, the place just lost its mind. It, it, was, it was amazing. 
Yeah, um, I was one of those who lost their mind because I was so happy for Dre. So, But some some awesome stuff going on in the Boomtown Hoops Discord channel as well as the website. So make sure you guys are on top of all of that stuff. You do not want to miss it. Uh, Weston and I today, though, it is, Weston, it is Thunder Eve. Well, not Thunder, it's Thunder Eve Eve, unless you're listening to this on Friday when we drop it, then it's Thunder Eve. Because the Thunder plays Saturday, 2.30 p.m. We've got the scrimmages. We've got the tease, the appetizer. But, Damon, I'm ready for the entree. I'm ready to see this team in action. We, we actually got to watch the Utah Jazz tonight. You and I are recording this in the middle of the Lakers-Clippers game. We saw the Jazz tonight. They are now 1-0 in the bubble. And on Saturday, we get to pick right back up where we left off before Rudy Gobert contracted covid and we get to see these two teams finally go at it, Weston. It's like before the entire world contracted COVID for, yeah, yeah, for one. Well. But isn't it, it's weird, right? I, I, I can't remember a time that I was this excited. It feels like the first game of, of a season, honestly. Um, this is just wild. It, there was obviously a lot of times where we had to question if this was ever going to happen. So um, Thunder Eve Eve, I'm really excited, man. How are you feeling? I am fired up i gotta say i watched most of the utah versus pelicans game tonight it didn't really feel like i was watching in uh basically a glorified aau game in a bubble it really felt like we were just watching a normal nba game and that makes me feel really good it, it just in a world that is just flipped upside down right now it felt like a sense of normalcy and it is very much welcomed yeah you know it's never going to be AAU because these are the most talented basketball players in the world. And I think once they get out on the court, that that's how it's going to look and feel. Uh, the one thing that I did find odd was that the Pelicans didn't have a full house in their virtual fan section, which feels like um, that has to be hard to do. I mean, you, you should surely be able to find enough people sitting at home watching the game to fill your virtual stands, right? Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> uh, it's very, very New Orleans-ish, right? They've, they've never been able to fill the smoothie the smoothie king arena and then now they can't even fill the the virtual how do you feel about the virtual fans well i think it's pretty cool i mean i don't understand why i haven't been invited i would love to be front center i guess it's a season ticket thing i think so i've heard some people say their season ticket rep for the thunder have contacted them i keep saying and i tweeted this the other day if philly knew what they were doing they'd get the guy that flipped the double birds to westbrook just front (laughs) and center on their virtual fan yeah, I mean, I would love to see some of the classics. Uh, let's bring back the lady who uh, screams at Russell before he's about to shoot a free throw. Uh, the guy who dresses like a huge brick. Yeah, we got to get Brickman. Brickman's a good dude. Shout out to Brickman. Um, there's several others. Uh, who knows? I can't remember them all right now. But l- let's get all the classics going. Yeah, I'm I'm totally into it. But yeah, watching it, it just it felt like a normal game, and I thought that was awesome. And that Utah versus jazz or utah versus jazz utah versus new orleans game like it was competitive it was fun it was up and down it was back and forth and it's uh it just it feels like normal basketball to me i know it's not normal basketball but it feels like normal basketball to me and you mentioned you know we we questioned a lot of times if we were even going to get here i mean zero cases in the bubble that thing is sealed tight they the nba is doing a phenomenal job with keeping the bubble safe and as of right now, I I don't see how we're going to have any hiccups. 
Now, whenever the first round of the playoff ends or whatever, and they start letting families in, right. we may be singing a different tune. But as of right now, it seems like I mean, I mean, I don't think the NBA could script the start of the bubble going any better than it is. No, it, how could it? You know, it's literally it's been perfect. Uh, I think 2020 has conditioned me to expect the worst. Um, so I'm not going to just say that that we're out of the clear or that we're in the clear. Um, but so far, so good. It, it's been unbelievable. And it certainly looks like we're about to get a full slate of basketball. And really, that's what all of us need right now. So we're all praying for it. Yes, it's uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm super excited. Um, typically don't like to get super political on the podcast, but I do have to say seeing the solidarity of both of the team or all four of the teams, both of the games tonight, um, and their stand for social justice, uh, all wearing the same warmups, taking the knee during the anthem, um, the, the commercials and the things that the NBA has made to promote that social change is really cool as well. Obviously we know that even though we're talking about, you know, it feels like normal basketball, it's not normal basketball cause we're not in normal times, both with social justice and with the pandemic and, to see how the NBA is kind of on the forefront of this and leading the way as far as demanding social change uh, is very refreshing. And the NBA has always been on the front side of that curve, and it's part of the reason why I love the league so much. So very refreshing and awesome to see, and I think we're going to continue to see these guys continue to make their stands. I love the names on the – or the lack of names, the phrases on the back of the jerseys and stuff. Uh, and all the, all that is is awesome that they are using that platform to make a a bigger societal change. Yeah, and, and what I love about it is, uh, I think in the past, in these sort of instances, you know, there's a certain select group of players doing it, or, or or a certain team doing it. But in this scenario, everybody is is doing it together, and I think that's what is important right now, just to um, make sure that it, everyone's pulling in the same direction, at least inside the bubble. And I think it. It's what people outside the bubble need to see right now, and um, it's going to make a lot of people mad. Uh, social justice is a very uh, controversial thing. It's odd how that has worked out, but um, it, it's going to be interesting to watch it and see how it impacts uh, the rest of us out here. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they the players talked a lot about, is basketball going to be a distraction from these types of things? And these players have specifically made sure that it is not a distraction. It is an attraction to these issues. And so shout out to them because, uh, you know, it's it, it's nice to see them really putting their money where their mouth is and, and standing up for what they believe in. So, well, Weston, let's get this thing fired up. We are going to go through the top five Thunder questions heading into the seeding games. Now, I came up with these top five questions, so they might not be everybody's top five questions, but I think they're pretty close. And I have put them in, uh, I don't know if they're in like a specific order, but uh, kind of from from maybe the, the thing that we're, I want to say least interested in, but the number five, I think the number one is the most, the, the biggest talking point, the biggest question for the Thunder. Number two is the second biggest question, et cetera. So if you disagree, uh, feel free to yell at me on twitter.com. I'm, I'm ready for it. Uh, I've, I've had a lot of that lately, so... <laughs> Yeah. All right, Weston, question number one for the Thunder questions heading into the seeding games. Or I guess it's not number one, it's number five, however you want to word it. Can the clutch play continue? 
As we know, the Thunder have been one of the most clutch teams, if not the most clutch team in the league this year. Chris and Shea have been absolutely incredible in the last five minutes of close games. Is that going to continue in the bubble? I think it's really hard to expect that, or at least that's how I felt before, just because they have been the best clutch team in the NBA this season, and um, the entire ride has been improbable. So to expect them to be able to continue that didn't really feel realistic to me at first. And then the team got down by 24 against the Sixers in a meaningless scrimmage, and Dre hit two threes in the final minute to win the game, and now, of course, yes, this team can absolutely keep up the clutch play because I've seen the impossible, and I believe in everything now. So I I think where you started there is fascinating because when a team performs that well in the clutch, kind of like Russell Westbrook in the Russ versus the World season, things like that aren't sustainable. Right, like it's it's not sustainable to be that good in every close game, but the more and more they did it, the more you kind of got this belief, this faith that they could do it. I wonder if after such a long layoff and now coming back, that it's not. I mean, I don't think it was a fluke during the season. I think part of it was luck and part of it was execution. Right. But I wonder if after this break, if that clutch play brought their confidence way up to where it's not, oh man, we're getting lucky winning these games, to where they now have this belief, hey, no matter what the game throws at us, we always got a chance. You know, and that that change of mindset, I wonder, especially with a leader like Chris Paul, I wonder how much of that, that shift in mindset set in over this break. And now that they're down here in the bubble, I mean, you can visibly see the confidence in guys like Baisley and and Diallo and Shea. And with the leadership of guys like Chris Paul, I just wonder if that switch has flipped to where it's no longer, hey, we're getting lucky and playing well in the clutch. It's now a belief. We can play with anybody. We can win a game on any given night. Yeah, you prior to the shutdown, uh, they were playing so well in the clutch that once everything stopped, my biggest concern was, okay, well, we've, we've broken the momentum. It's like one of those things, if a pitcher's having a perfect game, you don't talk to them. You know, they just need to keep going if we're going to keep this going. Because once you stop and think about it, they won't be able to do it anymore. But um, I think Chris Paul is instrumental in making sure that thought processes like that don't happen. They don't overthink it. But we were really clutch before. Uh, can we keep doing that? I think uh, it's never felt like they thought it was lucky or anything uh, other than a deserved win when they've you know won in the clutch. So I, I think he'll keep their head on straight and has kept their head on straight. And I, I, like you said, I think the mindset is where it needs to be, and it appears to be where it was before we break. Uh, we'll find out soon. Yeah, definitely. And it's going to be interesting to see in these seeding games how many games come down to the clutch, right? Because... I mean, we're going to have a very... I think we're going to have a small sample size. I mean, it's only eight games, obviously. Let's say half of those come down to clutch time. You know, that that's an incredibly small sample size. But I think... And, and I've always kind of felt this, especially in, like, the days where I was very, very invested in college football. I always thought the team that has struggled with adversity throughout the season and played close games and gone into overtime is the team more prepared for a championship game than a team that blew everybody out. And so the Thunder playing so many of these clutch games and knowing how to win them, 
to me, I don't see any negative in that. I think it's only a positive moving forward. Yeah, they know they can do it. I think that is um, a lot of our problems when we don't think we can do anything. Um, we just don't know that we can. So they know that they can beat the good teams. Uh, they've done it, and they've done it consistently over the course of a season that is really strange uh, given the gigantic break in between action. But, um, you know, like I said earlier, it seems like they've kept that mentality and have their head on straight. And, I, I mean, this team is so much fun to watch because they love each other, and that really seems to be the biggest thing. Is like that's only gotten stronger, I think, the time apart. Like absence makes the heart grow fonder, and um, they seem really invested in seeing what they can do. Definitely not to get us too off topic here, but on what you just said, the sheer joy of the bench for Andre Robertson is right. so wholesome. Yeah, it was all of us, right? Yeah, it's I, yeah. I mean, they 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 channeled what what we all felt, and it was just, it was awesome to watch. Absolutely, whenever Dre hit that second three, and they all stormed the court and and were like chest bumping him, and you saw uh, Shay jumping up and down and. Uh, just a blast to to see how much fun that these guys have and, and how close knit they are. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a, there's what two guys on the roster that were on the team whenever uh, Dre went down. So a lot of those guys losing their minds. Uh, they'd never played with Dre before. It's yeah. just a, a testament to how close they actually are. Definitely, it's awesome. All right, well, listen, let's move on to question number four. Heading into the seeding games, how much have the rookies evolved? We're talking here Darius Baisley and Lugens Dort. So I'll, I'll let you pick. Which guy are we going to start off talking about? I think after yesterday, I, I want to talk about Baisley. He Let's looked do fantastic. It. Let's do it. Um, how, how do you think Baisley has evolved from the shutdown to now? Well, I, I really love that he's uh, he's running the court. He's uh, staying active in his shot especially from three it's it's really uh, there's no hesitation in it it just seems like he's more confident in what he's doing he's more deliberate in what he's doing on the court it's just it feels like a familiarity thing um and i think it's been mentioned i know it's been mentioned before is like you know this has kind of been a, a similar break to what you would have in between your rookie and sophomore season so um in a lot of ways he had time to go back and evaluate work on his body do all the things that rookies normally do after their first season and I, I think it, it looks like he did just that yeah I'm totally with you uh I don't know if it's fair to equate it to this but it's like starting a new job the first day on a new job you're kind of feeling your way around it's a little awkward you feel out of place you definitely feel like the new guy but then after a week or two you come in and you just kind of have that confidence. You know what you're supposed to do. You know the protocols. You you know the procedures. And you kind of fall in place and, and you feel comfortable. To me, Baisley looks comfortable now. He's gone through that awkward, I'm just starting the new job. I'm feeling my way through. I'm, I'm finding out what it's like. And now he, it's like he's going out there and he knows I belong. Right. Uh, I'm good enough to do this. Uh, I'm confident in myself. And, and I know the drill. And I know what to come out here and do. I definitely got that vibe in this latest game against the Portland Trailblazers where Bays went for 20 points on 7 of 15 shooting. That's just the vibe I got from him. Yeah, it I think it's unfair to to think that you know, he's just turned the corner and, and we won't see any of the flashes of of a rookie player because we we will. But what we've seen out of him or what we saw out of him in the first three scrimmages uh, it it looked like you mentioned just a, a more confident guy. And really, that that's what he needs. A, a, 
what a lot of the Thunder uh, rotation players need is just the confidence to to believe um, that they're going to do well and take the shots that they need to take. Definitely. I mean, Bays had that drive on noted shot blocker Hassan Whiteside where he just like went right in his chest, extended up past him, and laid it in. And it's that type of stuff where you're just like, man, this kid, he's got something. And we, as infamously known on this podcast, I got to talk about some guys' bodies. Sure. He he looks good. He does look good. I think that's my that's maybe my catchphrase of the podcast. He looks good. (laughs) But he does. I mean, he looks bigger. Uh, Obviously, we know his he's got (laughs) he's got great length. Uh, Please don't take that out of context. Nope. He's got great length. Um, He's put on some muscles. He put on some pounds. Uh, I mean, we all saw the Instagram pictures over quarantine where he was lifting, and I don't care if it was post workout pump or not. Dude looked jacked. Uh, Billy Donovan's even talked about him playing some five. We saw him playing some five uh, in, I think that was it was the first or the second game scrimmage that they played, and he it was the first, and he got just bodied by Ennis Cantor. Sure, um, but you know the the development of his body, the development of his skill was it that first game where he had that jab step, two dribble in, uh, spin, step back jumper, where you're just like, damn, Bays, like I didn't know you had that in the bag. Yeah, it, sometimes it still has that Jeremy Grant, I'm going to drive and don't know what I'm going to do once I'm in the paint kind of vibe to it. Yes. Um, kind of like a baby deer where the legs are just everywhere. Yeah, very much like that. Uh, trying to walk on a on ice uh, type thing. Yeah. But uh, he's doing enough of the things you want him to do consistently enough to think that, you know, he's figuring it out. He, he knows what he's supposed to be doing and with repetition it will become easier and something for him to replicate and I think his defense has looked good as well I know this is such like a, a minute minuscule minuscule little detail but back it was December 23rd I went to Thunder practice okay. and got to talk to Chris and he talked about Baisley's development as a defender especially on not falling for pump fakes. He's, Chris said, even Baisley will tell you now, be the second jumper. Don't be the first guy off the floor. Wait till the jump shooter jumps, and then you jump. That way you don't fall for the pump fake. And in watching these scrimmages, Baisley does that. Whenever he closes out to a three-point shooter, he's not jumping and contesting and letting the guy drive right past him. He's doing what Andre Robertson and especially what Paul George were incredibly good at which is as you close out to that three-point line to contest a shot, you take really choppy steps and you don't jump. That way, if the guy tries to drive by you, your choppy steps are shorter and quicker so you can change direction. And you see Bays already doing things like that. That's a little bit ahead of the curve for NBA rookies defensively. And to see him grow on that end, I think he can be special on that end. Um, you know, his, his offensive fill his ability to pass, to read the court, to handle, to shoot. All that stuff is awesome. I think defensively, his length and his versatility, he's got a really a really high ceiling on that end of the floor. And to see him continue to develop that, most rookies, especially rookie to sophomore year, it's all about offense. It's all about how can I put the ball in the hole. Right. And if, if Bays can put that attention also on the defensive end, working with guys like Chris, working with guys like Andre, uh, I have some high expectations for him. Yeah, and, and I think Dre being back is a blessing to all these young guys. Um, 
Bays being maybe there at the top of the list. Um, just having him in practice, uh, seeing the way that he communicates, and just watch him do what he does. He's going to pick things up. I think it's clear that he was paying attention uh, early on in the season because he worked on these things and developed things that he needed to develop during the time off. So the longer he's around Andre, it'll it'll be interesting to see uh, just how much that he and a lot of these young guys pick up. Definitely. I think of Terrence Ferguson defensively from year one to year two. I year barely two? think of Terrence Ferguson at all. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to be thinking of Terrence Ferguson because he's not going to play. Yikes. But year one to year two defensively, when I watched Ferg in year two, I saw so many things that Andre Robertson does. The the getting over the top of the screen, getting skinning on the top of the screen, the help defense, the the way he moved his feet, just a lot of things that you can tell that he picked up from Dre. And that makes me excited for both Baisley and now we can transition to the Lou Tang clan. My man. Lou Dort himself, uh, who's looked... Weston, he's looked awesome in these scrimmages. That jumper, number one, he shoots that goddamn ball so high it's ridiculous. And it's just, I mean, yeah, it'll leave the frame of your television. (laughs) You have no idea where the ball is at. And it's just no hesitation. He's catching it, and he's firing. He's not thinking about a thing. And this is a guy, what was he shooting, around 30% uh, prior to the shutdown, something like that. So uh, this isn't a great three-point shooter, but... Uh, another guy who who was working on something and at least feels confident enough to fire, which, you know, circling back to Ferg has always been his problem. He's afraid. Uh, he's uh, a little bit like the cowardly lion in that respect. So uh, just seeing Dort catch and fire, I mean, that's a lot of times what the offense needs. Even if you don't make it, just take the open shot. Exactly. You know, and for a guy like him to take those open shots, it does two things. Number one, he makes three-pointers, which counts for three points on the scoreboard, which is they good. Do. But number two... If he can start knocking them down like he is, people are going to start closing out on him. And when people close out on him, that means more of an open lane for guys like Dennis Schroeder and Shea Gilgis-Alexander to drive to the rim. If Lou Dort can provide some spacing out there, it's going to open up this offense even more, which when you've got guys like Shea, who we're going to get to, right. can can make that leap. Uh it's going to be special. but So so Lou's jump shot definitely improved. It looks consistent to me. It, in the past, the shot wasn't coming off his hand the same every time. Uh, his elevation off the floor wasn't the same every time. The mechanics weren't the same. It looks much more fluid and much more consistent now than it used to. That's a good sign. And it also helps that he's just splashing pretty much everything he puts up. Yeah, uh, you, you can't expect that or at least I try to always tell myself I can't expect things like that to continue. Um, but like like I said, it, it's just having the confidence to fire it. If he can just keep doing that, uh, I, I really think the sky's the limit because he's really great defensively. We all know that. Uh, he's getting a little better about moving without the basketball. Um, and like you mentioned, if, if he can just space the floor a little bit, and I think there's a lot of times when his man's not even really paying attention to him. Uh, if he can just make the defense respect him that changes a lot definitely and if the defense does respect him and starts stepping out on that three-point line where he's at he's a great off-ball cutter i mean we saw a lot of his buckets before the hiatus was him cutting back door and getting dunks him cutting off a drive and getting a layup and so whenever your man sags off you it takes away that cutting lane but if his man has to come out because he can catch and shoot a three it opens up those backdoor lanes 
all day long. So that's super exciting. He's thrown down a couple of reverse layups that I didn't know he had in his bag. Yeah, his layup package is actually a lot more impressive than I than I thought. It's uh, it, it, it's encouraging, especially I love Dort going to the rim just because he's built like a damn bowling ball. He's he like is. if you mixed Marcus Smart with Dion Waiters, uh, which <sighs> is when you want to talk about bodies, let's go. Uh-huh. Put that one on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Oh, boy. <laughs> but he's so thick that he can absorb that contact. He can dish out punishment on his way to the rim that i mean that that's just a great thing to have he he can get downhill he can bully guys he's finishing at the rim now and then his defense you know we mentioned it earlier but he is such a good defender for a undrafted rookie it's insane and the fact that you have him out there to lock people up chris paul's obviously a well above average defender Shea is good and growing on that end. You got Steven Adams. Now you've got Andre Robertson back. Right. This team can be a nightmare for some for some franchises defensively. Yeah, you know, and especially with teams shooting threes and having a lot of length and versatility, the Thunder can match guys that are typically going to be matchup problems against anyone else. And uh, Dort's a bulldog. I, I I would put him it's interesting now with Dre back it's like you know who who guards the other team's best player we haven't seen Dre really do that yet can he do that um but I trust Dort to do that and another aspect that we haven't mentioned is that you know he's going to be the Thunder's second or third point guard when Dennis is gone so I mean he kind of has added value where we haven't even really discussed it yet yeah and we've seen him play a little bit of point here over these scrimmages I mean, he's been fine, it's fine. right? Yeah. It's not yeah. like, you know, you're not going to throw him out there whenever Schroeder's back for 20 minutes a night handling the ball. But he's been fine in a pinch, and I think you'll see a little bit of him running the offense. Uh, not to get too off topic here, but I think when the seeding games start, if it's not Chris or Shea on the court for all 48 minutes, it's going to be pretty close. Yeah, well, it, it might have to be, and, and that's fine. I, I, I want to see it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, well, so we're pretty stoked about these rookies. Before we move on to Thunder question number three, I'm going to take a quick minute and tell you guys about our first sponsor of the night. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you never expect at a price that you never believe. They have over a thousand auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, even cars. And here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clocks reset after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of the other discounts. All you've got to do is go to DealDash.com and use the promo code UNCONTESTED. Or you can go to DealDash.fm slash UNCONTESTED. That is D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash the name of this podcast, UNCONTESTED. Weston, you've ever bought anything cool in an auction? I went to an auction with my grandmother as a kid and talked her into buying me a spear. 
A spear? A legitimate spear. My That's mother took badass. it away. Your mom took it away? That sucks. Well, I mean, what do you expect? My grandma <laughs> bought me a spear. How old were you? Like eight, maybe. <laughs> I grew up yeah. on a farm. I, I'm sure she thought I would have some practical use for it, but really I, I was just trying to learn how to throw it in the case of battle. That is uh, incredible. Well, you were eight and bought a spear. Uh, I just turned 30, and I have the Warhammer of Robert Baratheon in this room that I'm podcasting in. So uh, some of us never grow out of it, buddy. <laughs> that That's fine. If I can get my mom to give it back, I would love to have it. <laughs> oh, Pixar, it didn't happen, all right? Right. We need, we need it on the – you got to drop it on the Boomtown Discord. Uh, you with this spear – singing the uh the thunder anthem that that one dude with the mullet sings you know what i'm talking about of course i do and uh i would love to that sounds like exactly what i want to do it oh my god weston we got to get you on the virtual fan on the front row with your spear right no i look if i if you can get me into the virtual stands i'll do anything and i'm gonna make i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot some emails i'm gonna see if we can make this happen all right all right well i'll get ready well, uh, yeah, you, you contact mom. I'll contact, uh, if you're mom, how old are you now, Weston? I'm 32 years old. 32. So it's been 26 years since you got your spear. No, 20, 24 years, 24 years. If your mom still has the spear, number one, that's incredible. Right. Number, number two, you got to find out. And number three, I will, uh, I will try to pull some strings and we will get you on, on the front uh, holding the spear, and uh, hopefully Stephen Adams will look up and just give you an approving nod. Oh, obviously he would. That's uh, that's the goal. So, all right, well, big question it. number three for the Thunder: How big? Speaking of Stephen Adams, how big of a problem is healthy Stephen Adams for the rest of the league? The biggest problem? I mean, you know, within reason. I, I know that's hyperbolic to say, but I mean. 17 and 7 and 15 minutes in the first scrimmage against Boston. The dude looked unbelievable. Uh, he even fired a three, which I had never seen that man act like. It was a design set, for one. Um, I, I think my biggest thing with Steve is always that he's such like an Iron Man when it comes to injuries that he plays through them all, and by the end of the season, he's just worn down he's to dust. But he's he looks good. He looks spry. He looks healthy. And I think that's the biggest thing. I, there's a lot of times at the beginning of games and especially the beginning of seasons where Steven is a lot more impactful than he is at the end. I, I think we're going to get that Steven, a, a revitalized Steven that, um, you know, does healthy big Kiwi things. I am so excited for it. You mentioned it. And, and one of the ways that I see that he kind of falls off at the end of the season, and, and this sounds weird, but jumping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He I just, mean, he, he doesn't jump. Like, he just lays the ball up. He doesn't get off the floor. He uses his body defensively instead of his athleticism. And then you look at that Portland game. First quarter, he and Shea run a pick and roll. Shea threads a left-handed bounce pass to Steve, who jumped higher than I've maybe ever seen him jump before and just punched that dunk down over Nurkic. And it's like, damn. Steve is a freak of nature. Like, you know, I I stood next to him at media day and I nearly cried because I was legitimately afraid of this human being. I never felt like that before. He's just a monster. He's a massive, massive man. And his athleticism is so underrated uh, because, like you mentioned, a lot of time at the end of the seasons, you don't really see it. But that that dunk that you just referenced, I think, was a perfect example of where he's at. Yeah, it's it's awesome. See, I guess 
going to New Zealand and boxing out cows. Um, I mean, I, I might be heading out to New Zealand to try to get big and strong and box out some cows. I mean, I don't know. That's apparently apparently MMA fighters need to do this. Boxers need to do this. I mean, Steven Adams is uh, proclaimed by stars in the league as, what did Jimmy Butler say, quote, the strongest motherfucker in the league? Something like that. Jimmy's so, got a mouth on him. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Man, what I wouldn't do to just to sit in, like, the rafters and listen to Jimmy Butler during a, a practice. I love Jimmy Butler. Oh, man. I uh, If we could find – one day there's going to be leaked footage of that Minnesota practice. I hope. You know, I, it's one of those things where if, if they existed, you would think it might be out yet, but I would love to see it. Somebody at some point is going to leak that, and it's going to be like the best 30 minutes of my life. And it's going to be Jimmy Butler who leaks it. <laughs> that you're probably spot on with that. Healthy Steven Adams, I think, really raises the ceiling of this team going into the playoffs. Oh, um, and we're we're gonna get to see it front and center Saturday at two thirty when he goes up against uh, COVID boy Rudy Gobert. I don't know if that's fair to say, but I'm saying it anyways. Huh, I feel uh, bad for Rudy. I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. He's young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sucks that he got it i know he didn't intentionally get it but it, it's just I think the, he did intentionally get it though that, that i think that's the biggest problem with rudy is that he did intentionally get it uh, but you know it, it, it happens he's uh he's a work art but it, it's <laughs> kind of fitting that he had the first official nba points uh on the restart considering he was the positive test that closed it all down but all right i all mean right. we're, we're gonna he, see it front and center on saturday and then on monday we get to see adams versus Jokic. And then on Wednesday, we get to see Adams versus, uh, well, technically it's going to be JaVel McGee, but he'll get time on Anthony Davis. And so let's see it, Stephen. Like you've yeah. shown it to us in the scrimmages. Now it, it's not an out-of-shape Daniel Tice. Uh, it's not um, Joel Embiid's backup. You know, it, it's, it's the real deal. It's some of the best bigs in the league. And I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, you know, I think when he's healthy, he's – he can go toe-to-toe with anybody you know there's obviously a few centers where you don't love the matchup especially guys who can stretch the floor a little bit I think Al Horford showed that in the scrimmages Clemente actually wrote that in a story yesterday and I I thought that was really smart because it's true it's always been a little bit of an issue but um I, I I was not sure how COVID was going to impact Gobert but you know he he looked healthy tonight you know so I think it'll be interesting and, and they'll both be healthy and, and ready to go but Steve uh, Steve's a beast yeah, and I, I love, you know, there's always the debate between Steven and Rudy because they were taking the same draft class. Obviously, Rudy went a little bit later. Uh, I've told the story on the podcast multiple times, but I actually uh, was, wasn't was a press conference, but it was like a Sam Presti Q&A where somebody asked him about that draft, and he said that whenever the Thunder were up to pick at, what did Steven go, like 11 or 12? I think it was 12, yeah. 12. That there was two guy, there were two guys that they had their eye on. They chose Stephen, but they would have been fine with either of them. And so naturally, my follow up question was, who was the other guy? Right. And Presty wouldn't say. Uh, I feel pretty confident the other guy was Rudy. Um, and and so just there, there's always been, you know, a debate on who's the better center, Rudy or Stephen. Obviously, Rudy has a lot more accolades than Stephen does. And I think that's partially just because of Steven's demeanor and his personality of not being 
a guy that wants to be a star. He just wants to play his role. That his his brand of basketball from New Zealand is fundamentally different than the brand of basketball in the United States. He he is much more of a team oriented. I am a piece of the puzzle. I'm not the the person putting the puzzle together. And that that difference I think really reflects in statistical categories. If Steven wanted to, I think he could easily be uh, a 15 and 10 a night kind of guy. And he just never has been. Uh, but but seeing him go up against Rudy, I think is going to be a really good test to see where he's at. But like I said earlier, healthy Steven Adams raises this team's floor. Does it raise it to the Western Conference Finals? I don't think so. They're not getting past an LA team. But I think it makes it a lot more likely that they get out of the first round. Yeah, you know, everybody, I think, especially Thunder fans, know what Steve can do at this point. Uh, we've seen it, and we've just never gotten it this time of year. Uh, like We've never had basketball this time of year, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we were all just excited to, to see him play some playoff series at 100%, 110%, as healthy as we've seen him. So um, I think we'll get a good answer to the question of, um, you know, the Rudy Steven thing. We're going to get a good look at that in a weird scenario. Um, and the games are really going to matter. I'm excited for it. All right. Number two and Weston, this might be the one we spend the most time on question. Number two for the thunder questions heading into the seating games. Has Shay made the leap? Oh, man. Quote unquote, the leap. We always talk about it. Yeah. Has he I done mean- it? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to like speak out of turn because it's probably too early to say that. But I mean, the kid's a future. We all know that, and everything we heard about him over the break, especially these last few weeks leading up to the games, starting back up, everyone's saying, you know, Shay looks good. Shay looks really good, and um, kind of some limited action in these uh, scrimmages, especially against uh, the last one against the Trailblazers. He only played. 15, 16 minutes, but you know, 10.7 assists look really good running the offense. And we know he can score those step back threes were a thing of beauty. So yeah, I think he's turned the corner. Kid got a shoe deal. He's a star and the team uh, is, should rightfully just run through him. Let's do it. I, I don't want to say he's made the leap because yes, you do, when you, you want when, to say it. When you say he's made the leap, that means he's there. I don't. Th- I I th- think he's got so much more room to grow that we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. No, and maybe that's though. even more of a hot take. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think he has. I, he's not going to win it. He probably won't be a final. But I think he has a legitimate case for something like most improved. I mean, I think. You could say that he's taken a leap, but maybe not the leap. I think he's definitely in a different place than he was when we saw him last. Definitely. No, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, like you said, we've heard his teammates and his coaches and his GM just rave about him over this break. We we look at the seeding games and the the Portland game where he ran point guard, and you just mentioned it, seven assists in like 15 minutes. Right. This kid was making reads in the pick and roll, that you're just like, dude, he's been playing with Chris Paul. That's all you can say. He's just He's been playing with Chris Paul. He's learned from the master. And they there asked was, him after the game, and he said, I've always been a lead guard. It's just like, oh, yes, you have. Yes. You yes. Have. I, I mean, I love Chris Paul to death, but seeing Shea run the offense makes me so excited for the post-Chris Paul era. 
Yeah, I'm in no rush though because I think Chris has been so unbelievable uh, for Shay and everybody. But yeah, yes. the the future is very bright. There was, and it, it's very inconsequential. It's, it's just a, a drop in the bucket. But there was a play in that Portland game where Shay and Steve ran the pick and roll. Steve set a screen for Shay on his left hand side. Shay comes off the screen, starts to probe the defense, and the the opposite side corner. Homie is parked in the corner. Homie's defender is cheating in off that weak side to stop Steven Adams on the roll. And Shea, without even putting two hands on the ball, just goes off the dribble left hand to the corner. And that is such a Chris Paul read. Chris Paul has talked about how in the pick and roll, he doesn't read the roll man. He reads the man in the corner to see where the action's coming from to know where to swing the ball. Chris has been in his mind. Chris has been dropping these nuggets and you're now seeing those dividends. And if there's one point guard you want your young guard learning from, it's probably Chris Paul. Uh, I mean, the the dude just thinks the game on a different level. And I, I said this on the uncontested Twitter the other day, but I think five years from now, we're going to look back and say maybe the most impactful part of Shea's career was playing next to Chris. Oh, and I think he'll say the same thing. It's just, you know, it, it's it's not every day do you get to spend this amount of time with someone who's done your job better than anybody else that's ever done it. And I'm not saying he's the best point guard of all time. I'm saying he's Chris F and Paul, you know, yeah. everyone knows that he's got arguably the highest basketball IQ of all time. And I'm talking about LeBron James also, Um, but they wouldn't have this relationship if Shea wasn't the real deal. You know, Chris obviously sees what, all of us hope that he's seeing. Um, and I, I think that it's a mutual respect thing too. I, I think Chris uh, is really impressed with him and sees a kid that's doing the right things and everything that he needs to do to get to Chris's level. And, and that's what I love about it the most. Definitely. I'm, I'm totally with you. Shea also looks uh, like he's put on some muscle. He's got a quick first step. I've noticed that he's really looking to draw that contact going to the rim you mentioned the step back threes, which are borderline erotic. Right. Um, he he's got the whole package, and it's it's so exciting. He's definitely made a jump, but and it's been talked about so much, Weston. But we've seen Shea made a jump from his senior year in high school to when he got to Kentucky, right. and then from Kentucky to the Clippers, and then from the Clippers to Oklahoma City, and now during the COVID break, there's no evidence. Like all the evidence tells us is that the next time he's got a long break, he's going to make another jump. Right. You Which know, will be and, a win like two years from now. We're <laughs> like doing a basketball marathon. But yeah, he's unreal. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to talk about that because that makes me depressed. But um, yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, I, every time this kid gets a chance to sit back, work on his body, reflect and work on his game, he comes back better. And until the evidence tells us otherwise, we have no reason to believe that after the bubble and before whatever the next season looks like, he won't come back better again. And no, that's no, I, I, I it, think it's so that exciting. He's nowhere near his ceiling, and you know he's a. Uh, I kind of sense that he he believes it now, though. I think that might be the biggest thing. Is like he's got a little bit of a swag to him that I, he's always had, but I think it's reaching a different level. He's got that no, these guys can't guard me vibe. And um, if he keeps that going, you know, who knows? Because really all he needs to do is believe that he's going to take over the league, and he just might do it. 
So let me play devil's advocate before we move on to our number one Thunder question here. All right. Is it possible that this jump that Shea has made has him ha, – has he outgrown his role on this current Thunder team? No, I don't I don't necessarily think so. He's the leading scorer. Um, I think that – I think he showed against the Trailblazers that he can be relied on to, uh, to run the offense more if he needs to. But uh, I, I think if he wants more, uh, Billy Donovan will let him have more, and I, I think Chris Paul would be happy to set him up with more. So I think uh, they'll feed him as much as he can handle. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, before we we move on to the number one Thunder question in the bubble, uh, let's take a quick minute and tell our listeners about Bet Online. Guys, sports are back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball has kicked off, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory to see what they had to say on what it will be like playing without fans in a series that they're calling Fandemic. So visit BetOnline.ag for all of your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. Again, that is promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. All right, Weston, we have buried the lead. We got to get back to it. The biggest question for the Thunder heading into the seeding games, how big of an impact can Andre Robertson make? I'm sort of making a a 180 here because I I've been pretty cool on how much Dre was going to matter you know where he was going to be <clears throat> excuse me physically um but it looks like he's going to make a, a big impact I mean I think Billy turning to him in the starting lineup yesterday was a, a great indication of that uh he's moving well he, the knee looks like it's working fine he, he's making lateral cuts he's moving without the basketball uh, I think it'll it'll take some time to really lock in and be the defender that he was before. Uh, but whatever's going on with his his three point shooting, I, I just hope no one's talking to him about it. Like let's just keep him in the zone. It, it's wild, and um, I don't know. I'm kind of on the Dre train now. I I, I think he's he's going to play big minutes, and I, I think he could really come up big. So I asked, uh, I think it was Taylor and Justin the other night. I'm going to pose the same question to you. We know who the starters are. You know, Chris, Shea, Lou, Gallo, Steven. We know that you've got Schroeder and Nerlens coming off the bench as long as Nerlens uh, wakes up from his nap on time. Right. So, <laughs> uh, man, Nerlens, I, I totally feel you, buddy. Yeah, I mean, look, this is scrimmage. I get it. <laughs> so after that, we, we're looking at the wings. And, and this team, that's their biggest hole this year is on the wing, a big wing. You've got Baisley, you've got Ferg, you've got Nader, you've got Diallo, um, you've got Andre. Of those guys, where does Andre fall in the pecking order? Is he behind Baisley? Is he behind Diallo? Is he number one? I mean, it, it really feels situational to me, but... I mean, if you need offense, I don't. I still don't think you put Dre out there. If you only need defense, I would. I would slide him in ahead of. 
of base. Um, but I think that's what him looking good has has really given Billy Donovan the flexibility to do is like, okay, I can use Dre how I think I should use him. I don't have to really cut back on his minutes or be cognizant of, of you know, anything going on with his health. You know, he's ready and just play him where he fits. And I, I think that's a beautiful thing because um, in a league with a lot of guys uh, that are big and versatile, he's, he's going to matter. I think, you know, Carmelo was a great example in that last scrimmage. Um, it's a big guy that can shoot the basketball. It's not who he used to be, but uh, I still didn't have anyone else on the roster that I would have wanted on Mello. Yeah, no, and when you look at the Western Conference, you've got James Harden. You've got, uh, I mean, Mello. Well, I'm, I'm going to avoid that topic. You've got Paul George. You've got Kawhi Leonard. You've got LeBron James. Uh, whenever they play Boston, you've got uh, Jason Tatum. You've got Jalen Brown. You've got Gordon Hayward. You've got all these wings that the Thunder this season have kind of struggled to guard. Shea's a little too light and gets pushed around. Lou's done a good job, but maybe a little uh, on the short end. Um, Nader tries hard, God bless his soul, but he's just oh, not a great man. defender. Um, Ferguson has been a good defender, but I mean, there were games where they were putting Ferguson on LeBron James, which is giving up like 150 pounds. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to play. Yeah, I don't think Ferguson's going to play either. So I, I think Andre has a unique opportunity. And like you mentioned, the knee looks good. And I would even argue that he looks more comfortable and confident with his physical well being in scrimmage three than he did in scrimmage one. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, his minutes went up by three every scrimmage. So he was logging 18 minutes uh, by the time the Portland game was done. And, and I, that's more than I expected him to get in those uh, three scrimmages. So I think he's he's proven where he's at physically. And, and like you said, I mean, he hit that three against Portland, the one three he did hit. He was calling for the basketball. I've never seen him call for the basketball so he could shoot a three-pointer. I mean, there's been a lot of times where we could say it. Dre did not want to shoot that. that. That man was scared. This guy wants to shoot the basketball when he's open. And, um, you know, it kind of goes back to the conversation we're having about Dort. Just having someone that's confident enough to fire that opens up the offense. So so Dre, um, you know, if he can stay healthy, I, I think his mind's where and his body is where they need to be. Yeah, I love it. And maybe, you know, dating Rachel Demida does a little bit of that for you. Who knows? I mean, I, I, I would imagine. But yeah, he—I mean, he hit that first three in the corner against Philly, and he was chirping. Yeah, he—he I mean, he let him hear it, and I love it. I mean, I am a hundred percent in on confident talk your shit, Dre, as his brother said on Twitter, talk your shit, Dre. Right. I—I'm all for it, and so I think I did not expect him, and I—I I, I would argue that no Thunder fans expected him to make any sort of impact in the bubble. You know, I mean, we were cracking jokes like, why is he even going to the bubble just to sit on the bench and be away from his hot girlfriend for three months? You know, uh, why don't he just stay home? He's down there. He's playing. He's playing well. Now, Billy said that, you know, his conditioning needs to get a little bit better. I think that's going to happen. But, I mean, so, so, Weston, ultimately, do you expect him to log non-garbage minutes Saturday against the Utah Jazz? I do. Yeah, I I think that I I still think that this 12 to 15 minute range is pretty realistic. I think he looked really good, you know, in that 
allotment of time in the scrimmages and and maybe at least until he gets his conditioning where Billy feels like it, it's right um, that might just be where you keep him and maybe that stays throughout the rest of uh, our time in the bubble I don't know but uh, I, I think that situationally yeah you're gonna want to put him in and it kind of gives you some freedom to let Dort get in a little bit of foul trouble play some physical defense and you know, on a guy like Harden you know you have someone that can um, come in and spell him so uh, I, I think, yeah, he's going to play minutes that matter. I love the idea of the Thunder sicking Lou Dort onto James Harden, just letting <laughs> right. him go crazy. Why and not? then they sub Lou off, and Harden's like, oh, thank God. And Andre Robertson comes on the court to check yeah, him. I mean, there's n- no team in the NBA that uh, can roll out a murderer's row of perimeter defenders like that. And if there are, I'm not thinking about them, but um, they don't matter. I mean, Kawhi and MPG got to <laughs> – yeah, but got got a pretty good argument there. But it's uh, fair. I mean, we've seen Lou lock up people. We've seen Dre lock up people. I mean, F it. I'm all in on a Chris Paul, Lou Dort, Andre. Um, shit, I don't care who you throw in at the four, and then Stephen Adams, and just let Chris Paul be the meister on offense and run everything, and then on defense, you just put the clamps on everybody. Yeah, I mean that wins ball games, right? And you've got some freedom if, if Dre's healthy. You know, you can put him out there, and if if he looks like he did in scrimmages, great. Let him keep rolling. If not, then, you know, you could turn to some of your other guys. I, I really don't want to see a lot of Nader. I don't know why I feel that way, because it seems like he always ends up with, like, 15 points on 5-7 shooting. Um, but it's just so chaotic. Uh, he and Ferguson, I, I really don't hope to see a lot of them so that kind of leaves Dre in a spot where he has to produce if, if um, my fever dream comes true here yeah yeah no I'm I'm super excited for Dre I think he's going to make an impact on this team I'm interested to see if at some point during these seeding games we see Dre getting subbed in in the final two or three minutes of a game um, to be that lockdown guy you know I mean typically we see the three point guard lineup plus Gallo and Steven well, Dennis isn't going to be there because his wife's having a baby. So right. do we see a lineup that includes Andre Robertson? Hell, I mean, even against a team like Houston, you can trot Dre out there at the five. Yeah, you can. I and so, absolutely th- against Houston. Yeah, and so there, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting, but you can't be anything but encouraged from Andre Robertson. And we talked earlier about a healthy Steven Adams raising the ceiling of this team. We've talked all year about how this team needs a big wing that can play defense. Well, now you got him. Yeah, and I'll be completely honest. I didn't think we would ever see Dre again. So, I mean, this thing has just been so wild to me. Uh, I didn't cry, but I did feel quite emotional, and uh, I'm super happy for him. I mean, just as, like, a guy, he seems like a good one, and uh, this is cool. I mean, yeah. and the story you know, almost has to keep going now. He's got to feel like he's on top of the world right now. And I think that those shots going down, especially against Philly, I mean, who knows what that did for Dre? I just, just hitting those both of those back to back and having his opportunity to just say whatever he wanted to say to those guys after he did it. It's like that was so big for his confidence. One hundred percent, man. Absolutely. So, awesome. Well, Weston, we've covered the five big questions for the Thunder heading into the seeding games. The next time this podcast is live will be after the Thunder are hopefully 1-0 against the Utah Jazz. Oh, man, I can't wait. It, it's uh, 
it's obviously it's just been a hellish ride to get here so being excited about something is uh is something i think we're all just uh really really fortunate yeah no totally with all the anxieties of the world right now to have something to look forward to is so refreshing and so awesome and to have like we mentioned earlier the community uh, through Boomtown Hoops Discord channel and the website to where we can get on and enjoy this moment with so many others uh, makes it even more special. Yeah, I mean, I'm speaking directly to the people now, but we would love to have you uh, join us on Discord and follow us on Twitter. Obviously, listen to this podcast. Um, I think we're about to enter a, a few-week period, hopefully a few-month period, where um, we can act as crazy and irrational about basketball as we want because it's uh something we've waited on every single day while being locked in the house so uh it's an exciting time and we would love to hang out with you guys definitely so make sure you guys join the discord uh for boomtown hoops and weston they can access that straight from the website correct that is correct yeah you can just click the menu um and click discord and join us and send some hilarious gifts there you go well Guys, thank you so much for checking out this episode. The next time you will hear from us, like I mentioned, we are doing a post-game podcast Saturday immediately following the Thunder vs. Utah game. Then we'll be back for our group pod that drops Monday morning. Then after that, it's post-game podcasts until the next Monday again. So make sure if you haven't already that you are subscribed wherever you get your podcasts from. While you're there, drop that five-star rating. That would mean the world to us. Check out betonline.ag. Make sure you go to dealdash.com. And of course, boomtownhoops.com as well. You guys have a great start to your weekend. Please wear your mask, wash your hands. Uh, We got to get COVID under control if we want uh, the football season that's already limited to happen. And if we want basketball again uh, to see Shane make that next leap, it's got to happen. So please be safe. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy basketball, and we will talk to you after the Thunder play an official NBA game. God damn, it feels good to say that. We'll talk to you soon. Thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.